0: Welcome, everybody, to the U.S. Grace Force podcast here. I'm Doug Berry, along with my good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And we have quite an episode for you tonight about the power of the Mass and just what's going on with these turbulent waters that we're going through right now. But before we get started, we always want to begin with prayer. And, Father, of course, I'll
1: lead that to you. Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Everybody out there, we want to
0: thank you for your support, your encouragement. And as always, we want to encourage you to keep us in your prayers and your support, your prayers, your encouragement. And your financial support through our Patreon program, you can click the link in the description below if you're interested in helping us out, is enormously powerful for us, especially as this so-called cancel culture continues to try to deplatform, take down, silence voices of truth, and we're trying to be, by the grace of God, a voice of truth to help encourage people. Again, as you see behind me, the turbulent waters that we are going through in our world, politically, educationally, legally, and in our church and so many other areas. So your your support helps. So again, click that link below in the Patreon uh, if you're interested in joining Patreon and helping us out. Don't forget to go to the U.S. Grace Force official gear page and get yourself some popular t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, hoodies, I've got my I kneel for God alone t-shirt on right here, one of my favorites. And don't forget the I got Gracie t-shirt. Gracie is of course the official mascot of the U.S. Grace Force. Uh, Father Heilman, we have an amazing uh, wow, what amazing last week. that yeah. really really shook us again, which is why we have this image behind me going on. these waters. Many I think feel like Jesus is asleep in the boat and the storm is throwing us all over the place. And so we've got this this issue regarding the old mass, the new mass, what 's going on in our world and our society. And how it's just how it's impacting us. But more importantly, as you and I have been talking, how do we move forward and try to find something positive out of this and really get at the deeper, deeper picture here? Because there is yeah. something much deeper going on behind all of this debate over this issue of old and new mass.
1: Yeah, we did want you and I both were on the same page right away. We've got to look at right. this in a positive way, we've got to look for solutions, ideas. You know, how can we move forward? Um, uh, it's understandable that a lot of people are really out of their minds, angry right now and, and upset, uh, with what's going on. I mean, uh, the motto Proprio came out Friday on the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And, uh, I described it. A lot of people are asking me, okay, what are we going to do? I said, I gotta tell you, I think everybody's kind of like deer in headlights right now. You know? yeah. They're in shock. And, and also the document itself is a little difficult to, to unpack, uh, I know, and I know a lot of bishops, including my own, came out right away and said, You know, that's what's going on right now is that this came all of a sudden. Uh, we are trying to unpack it, but for now, uh, just keep things the way they are, and uh, and we'll get back to you. I actually have a zoom call with my bishop tomorrow. He's Bishop Hyings amazing, mm. but he's just gonna be able to uh, touch base with the, the brother priests and uh, if for anybody that wants to get on it, so uh, but. It's a it's a very very difficult, shocking kind of time right now. If people are reading this document, uh, the way it seems to be to to be read. So, so again, you know, in the midst of all this, Doug, you and I both immediately said, you know, let's 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 not try to get caught up in all the negativity and everything that's going on. But let's let's look and see if 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 we can um, shine a light on a positive way forward right, uh, right. with all this. So. And, and, and
0: I really want to encourage everybody, you know, to not let emotion get in the way here. Yeah, um, emotion is 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 a, is a it's a it's a beautiful part of what God created us with. We have these emotions; it's part of who we are. But you know, it's been said by many saints, and we've talked a lot about this in Battle Ready, Battle Ready Coalition training, and all is that you've got really basically three levels. You have the emotional, uh, the, the 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 physical appetites, that aspect of who we are, very very raw and real, physical, tangible, emotional side. Then you've got the intellectual. And then you've got the spiritual, and there's supposed to be a hierarchy of submissiveness here. Emotions are supposed to be submissive. Our physical appetites, our emotions, our feelings, all this to be submissive or subordinate to our intellect, which means the intellect has got to say, hey, emotions, let's keep this in check and not get out of hand here. And then the intellect has to be submissive to faith. Which is really like, for example, the this, this storm on, on the Sea of Galilee, and everybody's, oh, we're emotionally upset, we're scared, we're nervous, you know, but intellectually, we do know that Jesus is here. So let's wake him up. And he says, yeah. wait a minute, where's your, where's your faith? Right. And then he calms the sea. And that rises above even human reason and human intellect. How could this happen? How can he do this? Well, there's a spiritual aspect of who he is. He's divinity himself and so forth. But I guess what I'm saying is right now with this issue that's hit us so hard and so many people are are scurrying around. Granted, as we'll talk about in the program here in this episode, there are a good number of Catholics out there who probably have no clue the Pope said anything at all because they're so far removed from even caring about these things that is a much bigger part of the problem in the picture. I think in our church is that we've got a good number of people who simply don't care, don't know, don't, don't, even care to know. And we've seen that by mass attendance dropping off over the years. And those who don't even believe Jesus is present in the Eucharist. They don't care about going to confession. They don't care about praying a rosary. They don't care about things that actually move our hearts closer to God. That's a very big picture to consider in the thick of all of what's happening in the church. But that being said, emotions. Ladies and gentlemen, let's all take a step back. Let the emotions be submissive to intellect. Let's think this through. Let's look at this rationally. Let's not get bent out of shape. Let's not get competitive. Let's not say, Hey, this is right. This is let's just, let's really take a step, but look at this, right. And let's be deeply prayerful about this. And I know you and I agree with that. We've got to get away from the emotions and, and, and not
1: get away, but I mean, put them in,
0: in their place and not right. let them get us bent out of shape.
1: Right. Well, and you've got that stormy sea behind you, and he mm-hmm. calms the seas. What, what does he want to do? He wants to bring peace to us. You know, he he uh, came into that upper room, and the first thing he said is, peace be with you. Right. He wants to bring the peace that goes beyond all understanding to all of us. But we have to trust in him and 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 put our faith in him. Uh, and so uh, thats I guess that's your and my motivation tonight, yeah. is that uh, we didn't want to get caught up in all the, clamor and all that. And, uh, I, I, and we certainly understand everybody who's in utter shock right now, but, uh, you know, let's, 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 let's talk about ideas and, and, uh, wh- where can we go from here? Uh, and, and I honestly, uh, I've, I've, got a, a little bit of a story to tell about what's going on in my parish, but, uh, if you don't mind, Doug, I'd like to start out by, by telling how I came into understanding, um, what is God's uh, desire for all of us? And, and really, Doug, what he wants us to, to do is to enter into a happiness uh, that is uh, beyond belief. Uh, it's, I, I love Father Spitzer's writings, mm-hmm. and he talks about the four levels of happiness, and I'll get into those in a minute. But it culminates in the highest form of happiness. It's called sublima uh, beatitudo, uh, sublime blessedness or sublime happiness, uh, and that's the place, Doug, where people get to when, as we saw, and I talked about the upper room, we saw Thomas, the apostle, cry out, my Lord and my God. And everything changes in that moment. And that's kind of a build-up to my story. And, and people have heard me tell it before, but <clears throat> I was 10 years a priest when I went on sabbatical to Rome. And we were invited because we were studying there with other priests and we were invited to a papal mass, my first one. And this was John Paul II, 1998 and uh we were all excited we got this uh, beautiful invitation and engraved invitation and uh and then they said you better get there like 2 hours beforehand if you're going to get a seat and uh, i said i don't go 2 hours uh beforehand for anything even the pope and actually uh we we didn't we we took a chance and got there about a half hour beforehand and there weren't any seats and uh i remember though that there was an usher that saw this priest friend of mine standing in the back and there was like a thousand priests there. And, uh, he motioned for us to follow him and we went, okay. And this was like five minutes before the mass was going to start. And I, we, we followed him and he kept going forward and forward. And it was like a city block long because you're in St. Peter's Basilica. I mean, the aisle is forever and he kept walking and he kept walking, Doug, he, he had a sit in the two front, one of the, uh, the second row, which were reserved for Cardinals. And I, to this day, I don't know why he put us there, but we had our own velvet kneeler. <laughs> you know, so, and, and we were only about 30 feet away from where John Paul II would be seating in a moment, is, uh, seated in a moment. And it was amazing. <clears throat> so that, you know, that was that makes, an amazing start. What's that? And again, this is, and how many years ago? What year was this? It was 1998. 98. Okay. I was 10 years a priest. Right, years. Canon law, they recommend that priests take a sabbatical after 10 years. And right. then every seven years after that, they're not, they don't mandate it. They just recommend it. Right. Anyways. So we went to study in Rome. And so there we are. And, all, and we're sitting there and all of a sudden this glorious music, this was polyphony, uh, you know, and it, the, an amazing choir. And you're in St. Peter's Basilica and, and, uh, and you're looking around and then all of a sudden, the procession starts, Doug. And just, it was like, a, I call it like a military honor guard. The precision and the beautiful vestments and the incense. And again, this glorious polyphony was going on. And and uh, and they approached the altar. And the Mass itself, Doug, was, uh, you know, a lot of Latin in there. They did the Kyrie Laison. They did the Agnus stay. They did the Pater Noster in Latin. Um, and even the way the, the Holy Father offered it, it's St. Peter's Basilica, so there's seating front and back, but they considered that ad orientum. And anyways, I, I just, Doug, you can imagine from what I'm trying to really describe here is that I, I, my, it took my breath away. And I was in utter awe in that moment. And as I look back now, Doug, I, res- I, I, I I realize I received in the most profound way I've ever received it, the gift of wonder and reverence or what's called fear of the Lord. And I'm going to get to that in a second, but but I felt like the Holy Spirit was just pouring into my heart. And then I I, I kind of shifted gears in what I was thinking and feeling because I kind of went gulp what have I been doing for the last 10 years? Now I wasn't doing clown masses or anything like that. I was doing what was ordinary, you know, what we, what we normally do, but we had, I would, I would describe it. We had like a nightclub act going on. You know, we got an outstanding pianist. And um, I remember like the Eucharist, the uh, preface to the Eucharist prayer, Uh, it was called massive creation. Uh, Father, all powerful and ever living God. And then the pianists would go, bling we do well always and everywhere you can see what i'm doing there yeah, I I, yeah. I, I I always i always have joke i should have put a tip jar on the on the altar or the piano you know because <laughs> it was like a, it was like a nightclub we were entertaining became, we yeah, became a show
0: like a showmanship
1: showmanship on. yes yeah. and and a lot of people will say when you when the priest turns toward the people he kind of feels on mm-hmm. like he has to engage he has to you know, be concerned about his cadence of his speech and, 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 and some, if they're not careful, feel like they have to you know, make a beautiful show so that a lot of people will come to mass because the show is so awesome. Mm-hmm. In that moment, Doug, 1998, February 2nd, in that second row in St. Peter's Basilica, I was changed. And I said, mm-hmm. and I regretted that I was putting on a show, instead of, you know, uh, glorifying God in the most reverent and sacred way that I could, and the Mass at that Basilica, and it was the Novus Ordo, obviously, but it was it it felt like a, a high Mass, a Latin high Mass. It was just so well done, but not in the way of showmanship. It was done in the way of offering everything you could to God and so i was surrounded by sacred architecture sacred art sacred music sacred offering of the mass and i was knocked off my feet doug and i was changed forever in that moment and and i tracked my priesthood differently from that point on and so what did i do i came back i started researching and i found people like uh, father john Zolsdorf and others uh and then i was graced only a few years later to have pope uh, pope bishop morlino become our bishop and he was all on board with this and you had people like cardinal burke and others who are all on board and and then um and, and i believe the uh, the later part of john paul ii you, you saw how he offered the mass there's a beautiful recording of, of john paul ii doing uh chanting the Pater Noster in latin mm. uh, he has a glorious voice but he, but see he was into this and anyway so um uh, so all of this kind of like percolated it, and, and then we started tracking in the direction of what I call, Doug, purifying the Novus Ordo. So if you, if you do a little history lesson, if you do your research, look at the Novus Ordo that they presented on day one. It, mm. it, it looked a lot like what I saw in St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. And and there were there's a mix of Latin in there. There's Gregorian chant. Uh, right. There aren't kitschy contemporary songs mm-hmm. in there, which I jettisoned shortly after that. Well, you, you know, had told me that
0: that was one of the first things that you did to start elevating the reverence at your mass, purifying the novus ordo.
1: One of the first steps was the music, correct? Exactly. Yep. Because uh, it's just in, it's 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 so profound of yeah. a of an action uh, that. It's hard to uh, to get to a sense of transcendence and sacredness if uh, you know all are welcome, all are welcome. You know, so uh, w- w- you, you see what I mean. Let Anyways. us build the city of <laughs> <I'm> God. <laughs> oh, so I know I all over yeah, the country so, yeah. I've been to some. I just
0: I can't even sing them. I you know. Yeah. But but I mean, don't you think? I mean, to get back to one point of what you said is that. The Majority of people today have grown
1: up with this, they, they right.
0: haven't, but, but they don't they're, know any different, they, they don't know any difference
1: at all. And I didn't, yeah, right, up until 1998, right. But you're I, I'm like, Where, why are we all doing this, right? Which was the reaction. And isn't that the reaction, Doug, that a lot of people have when they first encounter the traditional Latin mass, right? You know, the, 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 they're like, Why are we doing this? You know, why are we doing all the oh, welcome and when this glorious heavenly thing? I always point yeah. to the, uh, to, the uh, to the movie that I think it's called The Christmas Story, but uh, it it just at one point in the movie it focuses on a woman near the back of the church, and she's beholding this this beautiful solemn high mass, and uh, and all of a sudden you can just see the tears well up in her eyes, mm. and and you could tell she's she's an actor actress, but but you could tell what the, what they're trying to to uh, to to uh, simulate is someone who is literally receiving that that gift of awe and wonder in that moment right. and is just taken by it and and that was me i literally i did i did have tears in my eyes uh on february 2nd 1998 when i first beheld that and and it was it was like it took my breath away and i and i was convinced from that point on that that's the way the mass needed to be offered and so um so th- i've been dedicated to that and uh we'll we'll talk in a second about the steps that i took but yeah. Uh, and, and realize, too, uh, the steps were taken very gradually uh, over with a lot of teaching over time because everybody was caught in what you said, Doug. They didn't know anything. This was what sure. they, they they knew and what they loved uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of them. You know, we like all our welcome. We like guitars. You know, we like you know, torn jeans and a t-shirt and grabbing the host like a table chip, t- potato chip because that's what we've known. And, and so we've grown accustomed to it. Yeah. And so trying to change that, yikes, uh, you know, try to teach the old dogs new tricks. And, and, and frankly, the, the older people were the ones that fought more because, and I've come to really um, have a lot of uh, empathy for them because I, I went through what they went through for most of them. And that was a very, very strong indoctrination after the council to get people to literally hate their past. Cause we don't want to go back pre-Vatican II. You know, those are the mantras at the time. And, uh, it, it, and what's that like? It's like what's going on right now to hate America, right. Yeah. And to hate our history. And so that, that, that went on during that time. And that got so ingrained in them that if you try to, to uh, recover, restore anything. Uh, Oh my gosh, the visceral reaction. And two, Doug, I believe there's a demonic element in here because let's face it, what the devil hates more than anything is for anybody to get to that place of sublima beatitudo. He doesn't want us there because once you get there, Doug, then you're all in. And, and doing the will of God uh, might be chal- challenging for some not someone like that. They have that peace that's beyond all our, all understanding and, and now doing the will of God is something that that uh, that just of course I do it. I love using that phrase of course I do this and so it's it's not work, it's not burdensome. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden light because he was meek, he was humble. And he was easily led because he loved so much, and he loved us so much, and and he loved his father in heaven so much that 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 actually uh, doing what what God's will is, and, and he was teaching us this just just is is simple as can be because uh, I, all I want to do is please God. All I want to do is to say, and I've been using the word daddy a lot lately. Uh, Are you proud of me, daddy? And, and that's the place where people get when they in- encounter this sacred liturgy. That's the place where, and, and, and I'm going to end with this, Doug, uh, that that's the place or, or that's the primary objective that every pastor should have. I, I say, I do a lot of things as a priest and I offer the sacraments and everything, but I am not feeding my flock if if i am not t- helping them to get to this place of sublima beatitudo the highest level of happiness i want my family to be happy i want them to know god intimately i want them to get to that place where they say of course i want to do the will of god i want you and and i keep calling it wonder and, and awe but it's that's the actual name of it is fear of the lord well, a lot of people don't know what that means, think that means that we're, well, God's going to club us over the head if if uh, we don't do his will. And, uh, and that's not what fear of the Lord means. Fear of the Lord means that I love you, Daddy. I love you, Abba, so much that I'm afraid of ever disappointing you. And uh, so that's kind of... My opening, that, but this
0: goes back to your your formation, though, Father, in the seminary, though. Explain a little bit about that, because that that's kind of what got you on the track of of having those first ten years of your of your priesthood be a little
1: more of the 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 showman, right? Right, right. because and I look back, Doug, and I, I I go, I can't believe this, but at the time you felt this is just normal, you know, this right. is just what everybody, and it was what everybody does do, does or did at that time, so. They, they, they jettisoned things like adoration. Uh, we were not offered one minute of Eucharistic adoration in all my seminary training. I know people are shocked when they hear that, but uh, not one minute, I, and I tell that the story that I know of, there's probably many more, I know of at least two guys that were asked to leave the seminary and, and actually seek psychiatric counseling for what? What, what, what did they discover? That they had a devotion to the Blessed Mother, and that was considered fanatical back then, and and so uh, we and the, the chapel was just a you called a barren wasteland because there was no imagery. It was chairs with carpet and no kneelers, and uh, and and, and the, the the altar was you know a, a wooden box up in front of us. Uh, There was nothing, nothing that pointed to a a sense of transcendent or a sense of the sacred. It was just whittled down to nothing. That was kind of what was in at the time. We wanted to, we didn't want to be, you know, uh, I don't know what they were thinking, you know, that monasteries were cool or something. I don't know. But um, uh, anyway, so. Uh, the, the seminary training at the time. And again, we thought this was all normal because it got normalized by that time. That's why I say I have such empathy for people my age and older because they were conditioned to see that as just being normal. And, and so like my first 10 years of priesthood, um, I just saw you know, trying to be as entertaining as possible and to put on the best show so that more people would come. That's just what everybody was doing at the time. And, and so you wanted to get a great music director that had a great piano skills and, and uh, you had, wanted to have a great, uh, you know, a singing group, not a choir, but a singing group or a, we called them combos back in the day, but, uh, you know, up front and doing their show. Uh, and, but, you know, we, we didn't feel like we were being a radical because that was normal at the time. And so I, again, I have empathy for people my age and older. That's, they were just conditioned uh, through all that.
0: Right. Father, with regards to what has happened now, I mean, a lot of people have not been raised with Latin at all. A lot of us have been raised. I mean, this is, I mean, I was born in 65. I'm 56. So this was something that was happening right around that time into the seventies and eighties, everything started to unravel. So the average lay person sitting in the pew, this is all they're they're really aware of. Now the statement comes out like this, and I know this has created some 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 real you know, among, among those who are, who are paying attention to it at all, but it's created some real, I want to say even divisiveness. And we don't want that on either side. Um, But, but the, you know, the, I think there has to be a general understanding to the people who have been raised and formed this way that you can start feeling like, um, and I'm just going to be honest with everybody here. I, I, I went to the Latin right for many years. I love the Latin, right? I think it has a great beauty to it. I love a very reverent Novus Ordo as well. I've been to your mass, Father, and you celebrate a very, very reverent Novus Ordo. And there have been others around the country that I've, I've come across as well. Um, I feel more at home in the Novus Ordo because I grew up with this. And I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. And the Lincoln Diocese in general, anybody out there watching right now from the Lincoln Diocese who has been exposed to the Lincoln Diocese, they did a lot under Bishop, Bishop Flavin and then Bishop Breskowitz and now Bishop Connolly to really preserve a consistency of, of reverence within the Novus Ordo. We didn't have any altar girls. Right? That just was not the thing. Um, we, we rarely had women readers. We didn't have really Eucharistic, extraordinary Eucharist ministers. They, had an, they have an acolyte program where they train men through a process and then they're dressed in in, in the big alb and, and they, they look like a, like an overgrown altar boy is what they look like, but they're assisting mass and then they distribute Holy Communion. And so it it's kept very, very safe. So anywhere you go in the diocese in Lincoln, you pretty much are going to get a consistently, you know, balanced, well done mass. And so even though they're in Lincoln and Denton is the FSSP seminary. So, you know, Bishop uh, Braskowitz was fine to welcome the FSSP to come in and build their seminary there, which is phenomenal. There's been a great, I think, you know, a great cooperation there between, but even, even, you know, I would hear rumors and stories of, you know, this right over this right, you know, even among some of the priests and, and that, that's all destructive. It's all, I think it's it just creates more chaos. But one thing I will say and I know we've had guests on the show in the past who've, who've talked about some of this. Some of the attitude that is in the, the, the old right, there is a bit of almost, I don't know what word we want to use or how I want to put it, but I was exposed to it for many years, almost an arrogance among some of the people and almost a putting down of those who don't get it as if you've got a problem, but you don't get it. Now, I'm not saying this is, is from the priest reading, but this was among some of the people. And that became concerning. Though I would see that on the other side, too, of some who were going to the new right, and they would say, well, the old right needs to be done away with after Vatican II. You know, I know you, you've got some you know some information regarding Vatican II. Vatican II never said to do away with the Latin, never said to, to get rid of that. And I know some people just figured that's old. In fact, when, the, when Latin was introduced into the Novus Ordo, into the new right um, in Lincoln at a couple of masses, I heard from a couple of older people in their 70s, 80s even, who were vocal uh, after mass saying, I don't know why we're doing that. We got rid of that a long time ago and it should be done away with. I mean, so you've got it on both sides. And I think one of the things that you and I, when we talked earlier today uh, and before the show was to try to help people understand that we have to get past this attitude of mine's better than yours or you don't get it if you don't understand mine, meaning the right that we're attending, and really look at something much deeper. And I think you summed it up, Father, when you said you were at that Mass at St. Peter's and something struck your heart that said, my Lord and my God. And ultimately, that should be what we're striving for, regardless of old right or new right. Does that- That, that, Yeah,
1: and I want to speak to that too, because we're all human. And uh, what you're describing, I went through, uh, and it, first of all, I want to qualify what you're saying by, by saying, I have a Latin Mass here with the most amazing families mm. I've ever met in my life. These are just devout and right. joyful and loving. But I will say that when we first off, off, started offering the Latin Mass, there were a handful that 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 got this um, this elitist mindset mm-hmm. and started just attacking the Novus Ordo and you know everything about it and there was this well whatever whatever they were doing it was received by many and I had to counsel a lot of people who were just they were irate about some of this but it was received that we're deplorable if you're if you're not doing the Latin mass we're deplorable and I remember too that uh, it was mostly guys that were doing this and and there were a lot of them were helping me with uh, the Knights of Divine Mercy there certain and uh, and Bishop Morlino knew him and we're, were friends with Bishop Morlino and he ended up calling the whole lot of them into his office and uh, he didn't he, Bishop Morlino would never write, write, read anybody the Riot Act, but he uh, he tried to explain to them that you're doing no favors to, traditional movement uh by uh having this kind of elitist mentality and so he he put it in check right away and it did cure it too Mm. and uh and 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 so uh that's all my way of saying too that that this does happen but it it does not describe all the people that go to the traditional mass in fact it describes very few but here's what i'll say about that it describes the the ones That are the vocal ones. Mm -hmm. And so it's a temptation for all of us to then generalize to the whole that way. And we just shouldn't. Uh, People who love the Latin Mass are amazing. They're amazing. Why? Because they're in that sublima beatitudo. And I think, you know, the the four levels that Father Spitzers talks about is that these guys that got all, you know, all snobby and elitist. I think they slip back into the the lower levels and actually Mm -hmm. level two describes people who want to be popular and and want to be elite and and want to be counted as the special people. Um, You know, that, and, and it says in there, there there's a happiness to that, but the sinful nature of it is pride. And, and, and also it's a selfishness rather than a selflessness. And so um, so yeah, that does happen. And, but, Again, and, and uh, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, that's what Pope Francis is pointing to. And, but the, the tragedy is that this generalization to the whole, the, the people who love the traditional Latin Mass are the most devout, the most beautiful, wonderful people, I think, in our church today. They're the greatest givers. They volunteer the most. Uh, they're having babies like crazy. I mean, you could go on and on and on. Uh, about how amazing are the traditional mass people because they're in that uh, high level, uh, that fourth level of happiness, which is, it's, it's also this total self-giving to God and therefore to other people. Uh, and and so, but th- then let's look at the point. The point is to get people there, to get people there, Doug. And so, um, and I, 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 I say, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I feel like an evangelization machine. I sit in the grocery store. I go to the quick trip, that's the gas station in our area. Uh, I go anywhere and I'm like trying to steer the conversation. And again, it's not to uh, give them pamphlets or quote quote scripture. I'm trying to get to the point where I can go, uh, you know, you you gotta come down to our church and check it out. You will love it. You will absolutely adore it. And, um, and, And the people are incredible. And I, I put it this way, Doug, I said, and we do things a little vintage there, because I think that's an acceptable term in our, in, in fact, people are loving vintage nowadays. They're wearing fedoras, and they got these, you know, special beards and haircuts and stuff. They're loving vintage. But, um, but I, and I tell them that you feel like you're in heaven for an hour. And, and you can see their eyes light up. And I've had many, Doug, take me up on it. I've had I've had the guy that that comes here to do the plumbing start coming to church here because he's here in the house doing the plumbing and he has to tell me you know go on he has to hear me go on and on about the the mass but see what I'm doing there Doug is that I believe that it's always been that way is that that as Catholics our primary source of evangelization is the the holy sacrifice of the mass and so we have to have a mass. That's impactful for people, so that when they encounter it, uh, it, it it's it's life changing. Like what happened to me February second, nineteen ninety eight, in Rome, and so that's been my passion, Doug, is to is to be able to get to a place where I can brag at the local gas station about. Uh, it's not bragging, but I mean, I can I can you know be excited about sharing. You got to come and see, and they do. They, they do come and see, and they love it. And, oh, and so and so many people, Doug, and I'll close with this. Say this. Where has this been all my life? Now, one last thing, the mass I invite them to is our, what I call our Novus Ordo High Mass. So that means that it has the choir there. And, and we're doing the, we have got, uh, we, we average about 15 servers on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we got the incense. And so, uh, and, and, but you know what else you got? You got people that are lit up. And are filled with the joy of the Lord, and the people that come and experience the the mass and and their the wonder and awe co- is is opened up in their hearts, and they begin to receive all that. Then after mass, they meet the people, and they go, these people are amazing. And I think that's how the first church just exploded in numbers, is because of that. And this is Doug, what you're what you're seeing in in place after place, primarily primarily TLMs, because I think there's very few parishes that are doing the mass. Like we're trying to do here. Well, Uh, yeah. I mean, a couple of things come to mind. One, you talk about wanting to impact them, and
0: we we, we should want to impact, but the impacting should be on a deeper level and not just on an emotional level.
1: Exactly. You talked about earlier the spirit. You've
0: got the physical, the appetites, the emotions, and then you've got the intellect, and then you've got the spirit. We got to be focusing on more the intellectual and the spiritual rather than just the emotional. Right. So the music and all these things, while they have a place, there is something about an organ, for example, being played. Yeah. It is the most sacred instrument
1: out there. The way I describe it is it softens their heart. Yeah. To, to yeah. be able to be open now to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: But but in that, that impacting. Uh, you know the hope I'm hoping we can give people with this program and how do we move forward is look not everybody's going to have access to to a, a traditional Latin mass not everybody is going to understand it and there are aspects and elements about it you know and I was going you know faithfully for years just to the Latin mass and there there is there's there is a process that you kind of have to start, getting your mind and your heart around in order to to really appreciate what's going on there. One impact can really change your life, but there are other people who've said, you know what? It just didn't resonate with me or it took more time. And those people cannot, must not be made to feel like they are less than or not as smart or not as holy just because their impact, the impact that it made on them didn't blow them away. I know yeah. that's not what you're saying, but there are those who do say that as if, yeah. well, then, you know, you got a problem, you got to, you, and I've had people say that to my face, almost those words is well, people who don't get it. They're just, they're just, they're, they're just, they're late. They'll, they're, they're not there. It's like, that's not, that's not right. Right. That isn't right to do that. Right. Because, it, because, you know, you're, you're talking about, and you've always talked about this, and I love this this point that you make all the time, is that we're trying to get to that my Lord and my God yes. moment. Right. And, you know, and that, like the consecration, whether it's a Novus Ordo, whether it's a Latin rite, right, whether it's ad orientum, whatever it is, that moment of consecration carries with it a grace where the curtains are pulled back and we step into yep. Calvary. At yep. that moment, St. Bridget of Sweden said she saw countless angels descend around the altar and lie prostrate. Yep. I don't think for a moment that if it's a valid consecration, we have a valid priest, a real priest who's consecrating with the valid prayers and everything's valid. It's right. a consecration. That moment is grace-filled. Right.
1: But all the pieces that go But are we predisposed you, to receive that grace, to take yeah. it in?
0: Yeah, and that's it. That's that's the key right. there that we're trying to help people get to is how do we how do we allow the heart to be open to that? How do we choose? Right choose what we can do, but also how do we take the steps that are helpful in order to create an environment that allows us to be predisposed? Like you talked about, which is, I think is a key important thing here. You started to change the music at the mass. Right. That's huge. Yeah. That is so so important. The yeah. sacred art. I mean, there are some places. You know this. Your church is like this, by the way. People who don't know your your church need to to look it up online or go by, just stop by. I know you get a lot of visitors from all over the country who make this uh, this is a pilgrimage point for them to go now. But you walk into some churches and you it takes your breath away and you just
1: feel like okay, I need to pray. I yeah. I I'm in the presence. I describe it this way, Doug. When you walk into a church like this, your voice goes like this. Yeah, exactly. Because- God's here, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, and then, it's
0: And then you've got some churches out there where I heard one, one guy say to me, yeah, when I'm visiting churches with my family, sometimes we walk in and it's, okay, $5 to whoever can find Jesus first, because you don't even know where the blessed sacrament is being kept. Right, right. A side chapel somewhere here or there. It's not mm-hmm. obvious. We, we need to know. And in, in the churches like yours, where it is clear and evident from the moment you walk in, this is a place of God. God yeah. is present here all of that affects the senses now those are maybe lower faculties of emotion and feeling and senses but they're important pieces of who we right. are right and they have to be respected cared for and right. raised up with the proper sacred art sacred music yeah. to predispose us to be in a position to say my lord and my god when that reverent hopefully reverent celebration of the mass which then puts the, the the responsibility on the part of the priest, obviously, primarily as the celebrant, create the reverence with the words and the yeah. movements. And, you know, as you described St. Peter's Basilica when you were there, that even the way they processed in the, the you know, you and I have talked about the honor guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Right. And the precision right. of that type of All movement.
1: that says that this is serious. We're exactly. This it serious elevates.
0: Is- yeah. Um, Yeah, we need to do this. And now for us lay people who are coming to mass, I need to be preparing on the way there. So for years, my wife and I we raised our kids and to do this. and, And you know, they're all grown now. And but we raised them in this mindset that we prayed the rosary on the way to mass like 99.9% of the time we would do this to, to get your mind away from the radio. You're not listening to sports. You're not involved in casual conversation. You're not talking about, okay, after mass, we have to rush home and get the fried chicken ready to go to grandma's. You know, you're not worried about that. It's, you, you're you taking that, that, that time to go to mass to try to get there in that state of mind and state of heart that says, I've been preparing for this moment, yeah. So that when I walk into the church, my heart is already tenderized because I've been praying on the way there. So whatever you're doing on the way to mass, whether it's the rosary or maybe I know some families who will go over the gospel of the day, the readings of the day and prepare before they go hear them at the mass and pray them at the mass. So, you know, whatever you're getting can... in
1: mass mode is what it is. Yeah, you know? that's it. That's exactly yeah. it. Yep.
0: But, but for anybody out there watching right now with what has happened with, with the Holy Father saying what he has said with this monopropio, we have got to put this in the right perspective. Number one, detach from the emotional reaction, all right, and share this with all of your friends and family out there. Detach from the emotional reaction. Let's, lay, let's rationally look at what's going on here, and then let's see how can we take the steps to start elevating reverence to the Mass that we are attending, and hopefully priests out there would get this and and hear this and see this. But also parishioners can go to the priests and say, "Please, Father, can we have a little more of the reverence? Can we can we adjust the music a bit? Can we put down the three chord guitar player and maybe just you know move to something that an organ? But not every church has an organ. We know that." Um, the organ is is a very sacred instrument. It's beautiful at mass, but not everybody knows how to play an organ. That also is a challenge. I mean, Father, can you talk a bit about the the struggle that we have resource wise to have access to a choir, an organ? I mean, th- those are things that not everybody has access to to help. Sure, bring-
1: but but there's so much uh, in polyphony that doesn't necessarily require it, and you get people with beautiful, beautiful good voices, and uh, you get. Uh, uh, even a an amateur director who can help them read the music, uh, they go into that four part harmony, that polyphony. Um, your eyes b- roll back in your head, but but you know that it's a different kind of music. It's a sacred music mm-hmm. versus you know contemporary w- songs or whatever, uh, and and those are fine too. I listen. I like some of the songs from the uh, that were made in modern times for the mass. But I wouldn't do them during Mass. Let's mm-hmm. have a prayer service and do them. You know, that's fine. But the Mass, the Mass is meant to be a place where you encounter the Lord and say, my Lord and my God. And and so we, we've got to, and, and I again, I said this, that my primary role is to help people to get to that place. So before time runs out, Doug, um, I just want to say this, the the, the bishops... Uh, and we're celebrating this at their last uh, meeting, their spring meeting toward the end, I understand. Uh, one of the bishops brought up, can we work on, and he called it um, a Eucharistic revival. And, you, and the way it's described is all the bishops went, when tomorrow, we'll, let's do this. They were so excited, a Eucharistic revival. Now, Doug, here's what I'm hoping doesn't happen is that it's about teaching. Now, we need to be taught. And they're talking about poor catechesis and we got it. That's fine. But you know, Doug, who's going to read their teachings? The ones who are already in the place of sublima beatitudo. Okay? What about the ones who don't have the hunger to learn yet? You know, that they haven't encountered the Lord in that wonder and awe. And then by that, you know, uh, Pope Gregory the Great, he ordered the gifts of the Holy Spirit and he put that one first. And if there's an order in order to get to two through seven, you got to go through one. It's the gateway to the Holy Spirit. Okay, the 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 first apostles in the upper room, and he got in even though the doors were locked. And that's what happened to me on February second, nineteen ninety eight. You know, my, my door was locked, and he got in. You know, uh, <laughs> but but what helped that was was. Uh, uh, the 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 sacredness that surrounded me, right, and and then you can imagine
0: it, you, it opened you up.
1: Yes, and you can imagine their awe and wonder that they saw Jesus come in a door that wasn't locked. And sure. I mean, they're just and then he and then he breathed on them and said they received the Holy Spirit. Now these cowards who were locked in there for fear of the Jews. They bolted out and they said, we got a mission. This is awesome. Let's do it. Even if we offend people and get killed because they did. Okay. (laughs) Uh, They went out and brought that to the world and that's ignited a fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit that got the church going. See, Doug, this has to be the primary thing. So I'm saying to the bishops, can we please work on the mass? Okay. Mm. And, and, and can we bring it to, to the way they're offering it in, in Rome? You know, in the in the epicenter of our church, and have been. Uh, can, uh, can we offer it the way it was first presented in 1970, 69 or so, whatever when it was first presented? I mean, the way that I'm I'm offering the mass, all that, like for instance, Latin is sprinkled in. You know, you could curiale son the paternos, all. All these are are parts that you can do in Latin because we know what. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We know what we're saying when we say, you know, on you stay. And we sing that, chant it. Uh, so sprinkle in some Latin because why? We have a sense of we're connected with our ancestry. And this has been done for thousands of years. But with the Novus Ordo, one thing is, is that the prayers that change from week to week, the collect, the re- the, the, the scripture readings and, and whatnot, that, that we actually understand that and we can behold it in awe and wonder as we're listening to the word of God being proclaimed, okay, without having our head down in a book. It, it, it's and. I'm just saying, listen, I absolutely love the traditional Latin mass. I love it for what it brings to people. But, Doug, there are people, I'll, I'll pick on my sister right now. Okay? She'll be okay with it. But she, she just can't go there. Right. Uh, I don't understand what they're saying. But I love your mass, my brother, my father Rick, she says to me. And um, it, there's people like that. And here's the other thing that happens too, Doug, is that a lot of people who couldn't even dream of going to something that they see as extreme and foreign and all that stuff. They start encountering this purified Novus Ordo or Ordo, and after a while, they go, "What the heck? Why am I not over at the traditional Latin Mass?" Mm-hmm. You know that. So it's a bridge in that way, and so I, i just, I, I'm asking if we can really. Uh, I'm asking the bishops, please, can we instead of pamphlets that only those who have already encountered the Lord in that highest level of happiness will read. Okay. Uh, can we work at getting people to the highest level of happiness uh, through the way that we offer the Holy sacrifice, in the mass. So if you don't mind, I, I I'd like to go through um, I, I took 20 things that we did and I'd like to go over those real quick right now. Yeah, if I absolutely. Could. Okay. So uh, let me get that up. Uh, Where would you go? Here it is. All right. So first we began by offering uh, the Mass Ad Orientum. I put that first because I personally believe you got to go there. there it's, it's unbelievable the mindset, the heart set, the soul set of people when they see the priest along with them facing God when they're offering prayers to God. That's what auto orientum is. When, the, when they're offering prayers toward the people or, you know, uh, going back and forth with responses, you face the people. But it's, it's just, it's unbelievable the, the impact that that has. So that's number one. Number two is we offered a communion rail. We started out first with a lot of teaching about how, the importance of kneeling and receiving on the tongue. And we didn't have a communion rail at the time. They had taken it out in the 60s or whatever uh, in my parish. And so I offered the wedding kneeler, that larger kneeler, Prado, and uh, and gave them the option of kneeling. I didn't mandate it or anything, but I said, "See if see what you think. I think you're going to like it." And they did. And almost all of them uh, thought this is uh, this is me saying that I believe I'm receiving God right now.
0: Well, and, yeah, and on yeah. that point, Father, if I can just chime in on this, I know yeah. that the general instruction for the Roman Missal for the Novus Ordo actually states that we are to make an act of reverence before receiving Holy Communion. Right, And many people have, don't even hear this. It, it's, never, it's never given to us or taught or conveyed or instructed or shown even, but an act of reverence can be either standing or kneeling. If kneeling, that's an act of reverence. If right. standing, we're told to either make a profound bow, a genuflection, or a sign of the cross as mm-hmm. an outward expression, act of reverence before receiving Holy Communion. Almost no one knows this. Yeah. Almost no one knows this. So, but yeah. but that's but what you're doing by moving to the kneeler is you're you're, you're really that's in the in the germ general structure a missile. It's an act of reverence, and right. like you said, it says I know something's happening. I'm receiving somebody very very special here.
1: Yeah, I, I have to tell a quick story when we put in the uh, the the communion rail. Uh, one of the old time uh, parishioners that's been here his whole life, and now he's like uh, I don't know in the 70s. Uh, he came to me and he says you know father uh, father so and so twenty, thirty 20 30 years ago he wanted to gut this whole church out and mm-hmm. uh, and and we we practically begged him at a parish council meeting and uh, he 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 relented and he didn't do it and and he then turned and leaned to me and he says i love what you're doing father you know so anyways uh, but but those precious precious people yeah who stopped that i mean that glorious church and they did that to so many churches why Why? I know. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. No sense I, at all. There's no good reason. Yeah. Uh, someone tell me that we've
0: improved the situation and raised yeah. the reverence by tearing out the high altars yeah. and the communion rails and destroying the statues or putting them in some, some mosaic of some sort, some multicolored yeah. 1970s mosaic. It doesn't make any sense, any rational sense. Right. It doesn't affect your emotions and feelings in the proper way to dispose you to something greater and
1: elevate and lift. It just doesn't do it. I know it. It's almost like we, and I don't know what their motive is, but here's how I'm receiving it. It's like, they're saying we can't take our faith too seriously. We can't get to the level of sublima, beatitude or supernatural faith because then we have to do everything that God wants us to do. We can't pick and choose anymore. We can't be a cafeteria Catholic anymore because if, if we take it too seriously, it's, I I don't know if that's the motive or, or what it was, but, uh, You know, we, we, we don't want to have to go all in. We want to go part in. So let's make it lukewarm. And so we don't, I don't know, offend anybody that doesn't want to go all in. I don't know. Well, but Uh, I mean,
0: but that, that point you just made father, I think stands, stands for even today's idea of marriage for a lot of people. Why is our divorce rate, you know, between 50, 55, 60% or whatever it is now cohabitation is up. Marriage is down. Well, marriage has been treated for how many decades now? as a, well, you know, it's not it's that big. Idea. you don't really have to, I mean, those wedding vows, you can get, you no. Know, you get three-day no-fault divorce. You got, you know, really, we, and the more we, we lower the dignity towards marriage, then the, the less I feel like I've really got to be willing to lay my life down for my wife and give my all to help prepare her to stand before right. almighty God. I, it, it's the same with anything though. If we lower the dignity of something, then you're right. We don't feel like we have to be all in. We don't have to really love with every fiber of our being, and that's not what we're created for by God. Right. We're created to make ourselves great
1: gifts to one another, great gifts back to God with what He's given us. It's like we keep God. I assume I get my hand up here. It's like we keep God at arm's length, at a manageable distance. Yes. Okay. That's a good. We're managing God, and if we bring him all the way in, well, then I can't do what I want to do. You know. Yeah. Uh, And so. All right so the next one is uh we said kneeling the next one was encouraging receiving communion on the tongue mm-hmm. um and we did a lot of teaching with that as to why that's preferred um and, and uh, you know you, I won't go into it now just for sake of time and then we restored chant polyphony and we we excised, uh, ex- exercised uh <laughs> exercised no no uh, contemporary songs out of the church because it was just it was it was it was Given give it an atmosphere of um, like, like this lukewarm. Um, it, we don't have to take this too seriously. We're having fun. We're having a good old time, you know, uh, hold hands with Jesus, skip down the street. He doesn't judge anybody. You, you know what I'm saying? And again, it's this, this feeling like let's make it casual so that we can't take it too seriously. So we can still do our sins. And I think that's the bigger reason. There's a lot yeah. of other reasons. We added more Latin. You know, this is the place where I want to say a lot of people don't know this, but the Vatican documents actually encourage Latin. Uh it said um in uh Constitution on Sacred Liturgy, uh Vatican II decreed, and here's the quote from it. This is from the Vatican documents. The use of the Latin language with due respect to particular law is to be preserved in the Latin rites. By Latin rites, that just means, you know. Not the Eastern Rite, but the uh, Roman Catholic Rite. Uh, But since the use of the vernacular, whether in the Mass, the administration of the sacraments, or in other parts of liturgy, may frequently be of great advantage to the people, a wider use may, may be made of it, especially in readings, directives, and some prayers and chants. So it encouraged as much Latin as possible. And like I said, the point where you can do Latin, and this is what we do, is in those Prayers that we do every week, the same ones, the Agnus Dei, the Kyrie, the Pater Noster. Uh, we started doing, uh, you know, the Sanctus. Those are the ones that you can um, you can use Latin because we know what we're saying already because we right. do it we do it all the time. All right, and uh, then we no longer use extraordinary ministers; um, it, it, just the priest in in my parish uh, offers, um, but. You know, in those bigger parishes, I advocate. You were talking about what Lincoln was doing, Doug, and know that a lot of us who love tradition were looking over it at Lincoln and going, "Oh, geez, I wish I was there," because mm-hmm. you were doing some amazing things. But uh, so you know what Lincoln was doing, what might be a good way to go? We well, use in, an- in-
0: Go ahead. In my understanding about why I think I believe it was Bishop uh, Fabian Breskowitz who installed the acolyte program, and my from what I heard. He did that to to head off the 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 problems that can come from and have clearly shown right. themselves from abuse with regards to the you know right. un- unneeded use of extraordinary eucharistic ministers. Yes, uh, and and it's definitely been shown because even John Paul II wrote a letter to the United States. Yep. You know, I forget when it was back in the nineties, whenever, and he said, "America, you have you have misused this." Eucharistic minister yep. part, you, you are not seeing it for what it is supposed to be. Yep. So there's, there's a whole teaching behind that. I mean, I was, I was going to mass at places around the country when I was on trips where, you know, high school students were coming down to distribute Holy Communion, you know, wearing a ACDC t-shirt. I remember right. one time some kid had big, heavy, hard, heavy metal band t-shirt on or, or women coming up to distribute Holy Communion and they're not dressed very modestly and I they're know. distributing Holy Communion. Yeah. And you're thinking, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. Yeah. Okay. There's some obvious stuff here that needs to be addressed. Or even
1: guys in a in a football jersey. You know, yeah. Yeah. Thinking, you know.
0: Yeah. Because uh, all it does is again, it lowers the <clears throat> dignity of the moment of what's going
1: on. Right. Right. We, casual. This isn't. You know. This isn't too big of a deal. Yeah. And you know, don't take it too seriously. It's almost. And then to me, again, that's the devil. That that the, the devil wants us to not take the mask too seriously because then uh, it will, will be impossible for him to. Manip- Manipulate us if we take it seriously, right? But but real easy to manipulate us if we're not. So right. <clears throat> the other thing we added was um, more incense. Uh, we added more silence. Holy smoke! Did you add more incense? <laughs> Holy <laughs> funny guy! Holy smoke! Funny guy. <laughs> we eliminated the sign of peace. Hey! And I actually double checked with the bishop, and he says that's your prerogative. Yeah. And uh, and and then he winked at me. That was Bishop Marlino, because <laughs> he was he was proud of his boy. Um, we encouraged we encouraged appropriate attire. So again, nice football jerseys, not so much scantily clad women, not so much, right? But well, uh, even shorts and flip flops, and you know, right? it, it's yeah. just this ain't know. a picnic. This is yeah. this is a an encounter with God, right? And and um, all my families love getting do- dressed up. Uh, to come and meet Jesus and receive Jesus. Uh, we, uh, where was I? Okay, we supported the sacred veiling of women. I did a lot of teaching on that. I talked about how women are sacred, like the Blessed Mother, and uh, but so we encourage that. We use all only male servers, and they are very well trained, like a military honor guard. Um, and they are—they're amazing. And like I say, I got like an average fifteen. These guys, the young men in my parish just love, they want to, can't wait to be servers. And I, I average about 15 every, uh, at least for the 915 Mass, the, our uh, Novus Ordo High Mass every Sunday. Um, let's see, we worked very hard to develop an excellent choir. And again, an organ is, is amazing and it would be, it would be amazing if, if you can have it. But again, I have seen uh, chant choirs that without any um, instrument at all, sure that are just amazing
0: well and Uh and organs are not always readily available so right but the human voice is readily available exactly
1: exactly and if someone knows how to read music and can carry a tune join your choir yes and 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 help them out because uh that polyphony oh i just love that and and gregorian chant as well Mm -hmm. uh by the choir um The priest stays strictly to the rubrics and chants uh, his parts of the mass. So about the rubrics, um, again, we don't want the novus order to be so optional that people are kind of all over the place and doing their own thing. You know, we want to stick tight to it. And then, uh, and then I chant my my parts. You know, uh, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. Uh, And uh, I lost my place. Uh, Then, uh, oh, the the uh, we restored the. Ringing of the bells at the elevation after consecration. Uh, The priest keeps his fingers and thumbs together after consecration. Uh, That's technically called canonical digits, is what they call that. And you'll see that always in the traditional Latin Mass, more and more in the Novus Ordo. But why am I doing that after the consecration? I might have a particle that might fall to the ground. And so uh, it's concern for the particles. The particles matter. That's why the next one is the server holds a patent under the chin of those who are receiving communion. again, for concern for the particles. Yes, If this is God in the Holy Eucharist, then the whole thing is God. And, and uh, we, we, we pray the Saint Michael prayer after the final blessing. Um, we gave great attention to signs of the mystery of redemption. So we've uh, veiling of chalices, veiling of the tabernacle, the vestments of the priests, altar servers in cassock and surplus. Personally, I don't like those, um, somebody call them potato sack robes with the rope around their waist. I just, uh, it's it. Uh, to me, it makes all the difference in the world when the servers have a cassock mm. and surplus. And I also ask the servers if they're going to touch a chalice or anything that has touched our Lord, that they wear gloves. Mm. And, and, and because it's the sacred hand of the priest is the only one that's really allowed to touch our Eucharistic Lord, um, unless some allowance is given like a Eucharistic minister uh, or the vessels that that held our Lord. Uh, and then the last one is we made every effort to restore sacred art and architecture to our church. When I got to this church, this beautiful church in um, built in 1888, uh, they had this living room carpet on the floor. And so now we have beautiful, so stuff like that we restored uh, in the church. So that's it. Uh, And, uh, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to me, I can give them these 20 points. And I want to say to people too, that uh, I think it's a good idea to take her slow, uh, to slowly implement this with a lot of teaching. And uh, so that, you know, uh, people don't, but here's what else I'll end with this is that again, I ask when I evangelize like a crazy man and I do, uh, I'm, I'm, every every time I'm out in public, I'm trying to steer the conversation toward. You got to check out St. Mary's. I send them first to the Nova Sordo 9:15 High Mass because I don't think that will be as shocking to them. It, 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 see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I, I think th- I think they'll, they'll they'll they can receive that. And, and some people see the traditional Latin mass. There are a lot of people and they just fall head over heels in love with it. But, for, you know, for some, they're like, well, I don't really understand what's saying and so on and so forth. And, uh, and so I, I feel I'm almost like helping to massage their soul to get it softened, to be ready to receive the traditional Latin mass. So yeah, it's like and, a and I, Yeah. And I would, I would say it, it, at the
0: very least that, um, a lot of people who, like myself, who was born and raised with the Nos Ordo, um, right. I'm, I'm I'm I ultimately I'm I'm more at home because of my upbringing. Yeah, you're used to that. Yeah, and and but the way you described it with those twenty points, those are amazing. And I've been to your mass. It, it is incredible. Um, and I want to emphasize one thing that it never, never made sense to me: why we have altar servers at masses who don't hold a patent during Holy Communion. Right. I don't understand why anybody out there. And it's also
1: if the if the Eucharist that. falls, I, I've exactly. I've got one of my servers. He, I I feel like he's an Olympic star because he's caught the Eucharist <laughs> so many times and he, he never dropped it. You know? but, but, the, uh, but but who wants the, our Lord to fall to the ground, right? That's, ex- that's exactly and that can happen. Right. You know, somebody jerks their head the wrong way, and I wasn't ready for it, and all of a sudden, boom. Down or she goes. You, you you referred to the lunge, the last second where right. they extend
0: the tongue and then lunge forward with the head, right? And, and it kind of can throw the priest off of it. But you're right. But the particles or the dropping of the well, of, community of, in the hand. The, uh, uh, host?
1: It's, the host is dropping all over the place all the time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Yeah, yeah
0: but I, I just that's one thing that really stands out to me is is uh, uh, why don't the altar servers? Why aren't they trained in every mass to be there with the paten? for the sake of Holy Communion, for, right. the articles, for the for the possible dropping of the consecrated host of our Lord and so forth. But right. the way you described it, I want the, the listeners and the viewers right now to hear This can be done in every Novus Ordo. yeah, Or even pieces of this. As you said, Father, move slow if you have to on yeah. some of these pieces. But if there's ever a priest out there who's watching or listening to this podcast, take, start taking these steps. Go little by little. Sure, some people are gonna get a little uncomfortable, a little upset. But it's, it's moving incrementally, if need be, towards more reverence, towards right. that ultimate goal of St. Thomas saying, my Lord and my God. That's right. And that's where our hearts need to go, whether it's old right, new right. Because you and I know, Father, we, we've talked about this, um, that there are some in the old right who they, they, they don't. I mean, I've been to enough masses in the Latin right where the priest does not look like he's that reverent. You know, and that's not a put down. It's just it's simply an observation where there is there's a there's a beauty in the movement. There's a beauty in in the expression and so forth. And sometimes I don't see that. I ha- yeah. I have not seen that in in the old right either. And yeah. so it, it, we're human. It doesn't matter right. Um, what right we're human. The heart needs to be there first. The heart yeah. from the priest celebrating yeah. the altar servers, the altar boys, um, those in the pews. The heart has to be striving for that. My Lord, my God moment of that yep. supernatural wonder and awe.
1: Yep. And unfortunately with, you know, 70% don't believe that Jesus on the altars, right. uh, churches emptying out and everything. I think it's time for us to take stock and especially to ask ourselves what, what are as, as priests, ambitious as ordained clergy? Okay. What is our primary role? Okay. One could say to get to heaven. All right. But how do you best get there? You it, it's it's, it's, an, it's elevating your soul to that beatitude biat, uh, what, what is it? Uh, uh, sublime. Uh, so Sublime beatitude. But it. the fourth level of happiness where it's all over. I'm yeah. all yours, God. My Lord and my God. We've mm-hmm. got to help people get to that place. We've got to help people to get to that place. And how do we best do that? The Latin Mass, we already know, does that. Okay? And so and in, in people are knocking the Nova Sordo and frankly if it's you know if it's this um, social club and it's, it's it's all lukewarm stuff and and it's not getting them to that place it's, it's worth knocking but but the Nova Sordo done well purified. I call it a purified Nova Sordo right. that has been informed by the Latin mass uh, and is done like I said in, in the Beppa Center of the church, that's the way they do it in St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, if we can get to that place, then I think you're going to find more people crying out, my Lord and oh my God. You're going to see churches surge. You're going to see more people understand that that's God on that altar. You know, you're moving away from the 70% who don't believe to get it, it, my parish. I know it's 100% that do believe that's God on mm. the altar. I absolutely know that. I have no doubt in my mind. And I know they're all in too. That they, they, they all they want to do is please God. That's what I mean by all in. All I want to do is please God. I, I want to make sure that you're proud of me, daddy. That's what fear of the Lord means. I'm afraid of ever disappointing you, daddy. I love you so much. We got to get people to that place. Yeah. Okay. And that's what this is all about. Yeah. So regardless of old
0: right, new right, the heart striving for that moment you just described, right? I, I Fear and wonder, fear and awe, love, yeah. just total abandonment, totally yeah. in. Um, each of us, I just want to encourage people, prepare, prepare. Prepare best that you can on the way to mass. Prepare before by making sure we're in the state of grace, receiving the, the sacrament of confession. Um, you know, doing everything we can yes. to be praying for our priests. Pray for Father Heilman. Pray for all the priests, religious bishops, clergy out there in the world, who are have tremendous responsibility to put these things in place to help us all. Because a lot of them, I mean, you, you priests are under attack. You, the, the demons do not want you to celebrate the Mass reverently. Do right. not
1: want you to take it seriously. The and most you... vile attacks I've ever received as a priest was people who objected to moving in a reverent direction of the Mass. Wow, figure that, that one out.
0: That is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing.
1: Yeah. And you know it's d- the devil hates this. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. it's and, and I'll make a quick analogy for those of us who are married, those of us who have a spouse. If we want that... Um, um, I'm, I can't pronounce it very. Right? Sublima,
1: sublima. Um, it's sublime beatitude, basically. Sublime beatitude. There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right.
0: And if we want that type of joy in our marriage. We know those of us who've been married, I would say if you're married longer than a week, you know, you cannot lower the dignity of your marriage. You have to elevate the beauty and reverence of your marriage, the way you treat your spouse, the way you pray for your spouse, the way you forgive and are patient. All that goes with a beautiful marriage to elevate it so that I simply have a joy being married to this woman that's right joy and it's a joy that is out of this world that's right because she and i are both please lord working and cooperating with his grace to elevate the beauty of the of the relationship and the marriage and their interaction with one another uh same with the mass here on a much much more profound level because it is an interaction with the divine um, but this is just something we, we can see connections or, or you could say examples of this in, in earthly natural world, uh, that we have to be striving for, right. uh, we have to own it. That's right. We have to own the moment. So I, I just, I pray that people do not let the emotions get in the way of this, this, this struggle going on right now. Right. It seems to be happening and that we are praying for one another and we are all trying to move forward in a positive way, ultimately, regardless of the Right. Striving for deep holy reverence. That would right. be my, my final shot. Yep.
1: And I'll just end too, Doug, by just saying, again, I'm just astounded in, in the most wonderfully positive way that right at the end of that spring meeting of the USCCB, they all got excited about uh, a Eucharistic revival. Right. And right. I just think now's the time. And so everybody out there, please, 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 let's pray for... A Eucharistic revival in America, Amen. Father,
0: can, can can you put that list of twenty up on uh, U.S. Grace Force uh, website? Yep. Okay, if you put it up there, we'll put information. We'll put a link in the description, everybody. So I'll click the link, go on out, and we'll have uh, you'll have access to where Father posts this. I
1: actually have an article about it. it gets into the uh, sublime beatitude and all that too, and the list okay. is in there. So Okay, good. All
0: right. Well, people look, yeah, check the description below, everybody. Find the link to that. That'll get you out there to the article. And you say it's in the article,
1: the list of 20? Yep, Yep, yep. It's right there. But the title is called My Priesthood, Helping Everyone I Can to Call Out My Lord and My God.
0: Perfect. Perfect. All right. Click the link in the description, everybody, and get you out to that article. You'll get to read the article, and you'll get the list of 20 that Father talked about. And then encourage you as lay people to go to your pastors and just share this with them and say, Father, can we implement any of these? Right. To try to take the steps to move forward to That's elevate right. the Novus Ordo, and let's make it a high Novus Ordo.
1: That's exactly right. <laughs> All right, my friend. Should yes. we pray? Good to be with you, Father. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless y'all. All right.